HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. With more than 30 weekly podcasts, HRN has something for every food lover. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org. This episode is brought to you by Roberta's, home of Heritage Radio Network since 2009. Learn more about Roberta's at robertaspizza.com. Welcome to HRN on Tour, live from the HRN Podcast Lounge at the Art of Cheese Festival in Madison, Wisconsin. Hosted by Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin, this first-time event brings together cheesemakers, dairy farmers, mongers, chefs, and cheese lovers to celebrate Wisconsin's 180 years of cheesemaking excellence. Welcome to the HRN Podcast Lounge, live at the Art of Cheese Festival. I'm Jessica, and I'm here with Liz Thorpe, one of the presenters at this great festival. It's the first time the Art of Cheese is occurring. And can you tell us a little bit about yourself and what your session is? Yes, absolutely. Um, I am a 20-plus year veteran of the cheese industry. I started in the early 2000s. That was a long time ago in, in cheese time. And um, I'm a cheese expert. I'm the author of several books. And today I'm going to be teaching two classes on the art of affinage, which is, as many of your listeners probably know, um, cheese aging. So everything that happens after the cheese is made um, and talking about sort of how that determines flavor, texture, and different techniques that can a cheese can undergo that will make it what it is. And I... Assume you're going to be tasting cheese during this session? Yes, absolutely. It would be hard for me to try to articulate these differences just in words. We're tasting six different cheeses, actually. Wow. So um, it's, a really, it's a chance to see kind of the fundamental difference that time makes. So tasting two cheeses, same recipe, same maker, but with many, many more months of aging time on one. Um, we're going to be tasting two different cheddars that are aged totally differently and as a result look different, feel different, taste different. Um, and then we have our last two cheeses are sort of one-offs, um, different washes and sort of manipulations that can be done to the exterior rind of the cheese that will, you know, determine flavor pretty so dramatically. We're in the state of Wisconsin at a festival that is featuring the diversity of Wisconsin cheeses. And in talking about affinage, can you tell us a little bit about what you appreciate about 
Wisconsin cheese when it comes to the diversity of flavors and ages and textures that you're Well, you know, you just took my answer about what I appreciate because what I appreciate is that, I mean, there's, there, I, I struggle to think of a comp in the United States where there are so many options of style and flavor. Um, many, many, many of the cheeses that are made in Wisconsin, all the cheeses I'll be tasting in my class today, for example, are made of cow's milk, and yet they're radically different from one another. And it's just, it's hard to find a place really in the cheesemaking world where you have hundreds of different cheeses. Every major style that cheese can be made in is made here in Wisconsin. So, um, you know, when I started in cheese, people used to talk about like stores used to organize cheese by milk type. Like here's the cow cheese, here's the sheep cheese, here's the goat cheese, which is crazy because just because it's got the same starting milk type doesn't mean it's going to be anything like its neighbor, depend, you know, depending on how it's made and how it's aged. So that's, that's really um, an interesting point because we also talk about with putting cheese cases together, there's the, um, the aspect of molds and how molds will interact with their neighbors in a case. And, and then that opens up a whole other conversation between somebody who's selling cheese and somebody who's buying cheese about like the, all the different types of cheese that are made and the way that they're done. Uh, we worked together a long time ago. We did. And, um, and actually, the interesting thing is that there are a lot of cheesemakers in Wisconsin who also started around that time. So can you tell us a little bit about some of the things you've seen over like the last almost 20, 20 years? 20 plus years. I mean, it's, yeah. it's sort of hard for me. It's, it's really like one of the first examples in my life of feeling old um, because it's really hard for me to explain, especially to like this, the current generation of mongers and there are so many amazing educators and influencers who are like 10 to 15 years younger than I am. And I'm just like, you don't understand how many fewer cheeses there were 20 years ago. The whole specialty cheese industry was oriented to Europe. Good cheese was imported. Good cheese was European cheese. Um, you know, American cheese, truly, in 2000, American cheese, I mean, from like a mass market sort of mentality was a craft single. And from a cheese industry mentality, you know, it was a like, oh, look at these American cheesemakers. They're trying to make cheese. And like, <laughs> how cute. <laughs> it's so expensive and like really inconsistent, but we want to support them. So we're going we're gonna to sell some of their cheese and it's going to cost like $35 a pound. And um, that, was, that was really more about kind of like, we want to help you versus like, we think you're making amazing cheese. And really in 20 years, I, I feel like the whole situation has flipped. I mean, the change in the European cheese industry, especially if you look at a country like France, it's becoming increasingly corporatized. Um, there's a huge decline in the number of raw milk cheeses that are being made. And there's this mass exodus in Europe away from cheese. It's a generational profession. It's often inherited. Um, there's an apprenticeship system. And like young people in Europe don't want to do this work. Meanwhile, over here in the States, and I look at Wisconsin, and I like, there are all these examples of cheesemakers who opted in 20 years ago, who said, I want to do this, even though their parents were 
employers and, you know, maybe dairy farmers, maybe they had some, you know, they had some connection to agriculture and, and, and dairying, but not cheese making. Um, so I think of like Andy Hatch at Uplands who makes Pleasant Ridge Reserve or Marika Penterman who is Dutch, but is now Amer living here and American and making cheese in Wisconsin. And yeah, she grew up on a dairy farm, but nobody was making cheese. Um, so there's, there's all these opt-ins happening here and that's really, you know, that's changing the whole calculus, I would say, for the industry. Exactly. My thoughts, especially the part that notices that there are people from other parts of the world who are opting into making cheese in Wisconsin. And that, that has put Wisconsin on the map in a different way, too. And the American artisanal cheese community in general. Also, I wanted to talk about the difference in marketing from almost 20 years ago. Uh, the fact that we have this festival and we're sitting in a podcast lounge <laughs> that is being streamed like, and that people will be able to pick up on episodes uh, anytime they want after this uh, festival is over. So how has marketing, do you think, changed over the course of your career, particularly for cheeses from Wisconsin, uh, because we are highlighting that today? Yeah, I mean, I, I just think the specialty cheese industry has grown in size and scope. The number of cheeses available, I, I can't even, I, I don't know, has it, has it quadrupled? Are there 10x as many cheeses as there were 20 years ago? I think maybe, like I wouldn't, it, 8x, 10x, like there are just so many more choices. And in one state in the United States, Wisconsin, we've got hundreds of different cheeses being made. And so the marketing of cheese has gotten, I mean, increasingly complex, multifaceted, multimedia. Um, and it's kind of fascinating to me to watch these little niche areas of expertise that have evolved. It's not, you know, it's not just like, I know about cheese. It's, it's you know, and there are people here today who are going to be teaching classes and, and things like that, but like experts in pairing. And not just pairing wine and cheese, but pairing cheeses with chocolate and coffee and cocktails. There's how do you use cheese? How do you make, you know, not, you know, I used to talk to people about how you serve a cheese board, a cheese plate. And now we have people who are making these like art, pieces of art, edible art out of cheese and charcuterie and, and you know, produce. And so it's like, as the choices have proliferated, the way to think about how cheese fits into your life has proliferated as well. Yeah. So you have written three books, correct? I mean, technically I have written three books. I have published two books under my own name and co-authored one book. Right. And yeah. one, so the one that was co-authored was really like a guide or like a glossary of sense of like different types of cheese and it really was handy and um, a lot of people use that as a way to familiarize themselves at the cheese counter, the plethora of options out there. But then you also wrote about your own journey into this world and so much has even changed since the publication of that book. And then also um, a, a book that really is about approaching cheese and, and opening up that world of cheese through trying and tasting. And, and then you are also the people's cheese. And so I want to understand a little bit about what that means. What is the people's cheese? So 
my career is sort of divided into to, to two halves, and the first half was running Murray's Cheese in New York City, which was a retail, but also a pretty multifaceted company. We did e-commerce and wholesale to chefs and partnership with Kroger supermarkets, many different things. You know, you were there. Um, when I left Murray's, I started the People's Cheese, and I intended, <clears throat> excuse me, I intended for it to be a consulting company. Um, I wanted to work with producers and retailers who wanted to optimize and grow their cheese business, whatever that meant to them. Um, but I've always been really interested in education and sort of teaching people about cheese and kind of meeting people where they are. Whether that's consumers or retailers, you know, who are looking to upgrade their programs or producers who maybe are regional producers but want to become national producers. So um, that's really kind of like that spirit of egalitarianism is something that's always, that's been like a constant through my work. And my last book, The Book of Cheese that you mentioned, um, similarly, I wanted to write a single reference book that was like, if you're interested in cheese, you can buy this one book. And it's not going to include every cheese in the world, but it's going to give you a roadmap for understanding cheese and being able to figure out what you like and figure out how to branch out from what you know. So if you were to have a chapter on Wisconsin cheese in that book, where do you start with Wisconsin cheese? What are some of your favorites? What are some of the ones you would recommend to people to start with, to get to know Wisconsin? Yeah, I mean... It's interesting because like, there wouldn't be a single chapter where I would put Wisconsin cheese for the reasons we were talking about before. I mean, there are so many varieties. So uh, there are Wisconsin cheeses in every chapter of that book. Um, and I actually, in my first book, had a whole chapter on Wisconsin cheese um, because the first time I really spent time here, I had a new, and this was in like 2008, I spent a week driving around visiting many, many, many producers. And I think my big takeaway was that, and this really felt revolutionary to me at the time, I had been so focused on specialty cheese, fancy cheese, um, American cheeses with names that nobody knew what they meant. Um, and I came here and there were all these factories, but very small, multi-generational, some literally 100, over 100-year-old factories rooted in this immigrant tradition of cheesemaking, Swiss and German, primarily here in Wisconsin. And I had a new appreciation for these more generic cheese types, like Gouda or Havarti or cheddar when I had a chance to spend time with people who had been studying and making these cheeses for decades. Um, so I kind of feel like there's that history and tradition, even in the sort of simpler ingredient cheeses or noshing cheeses. And then also there are these really um, singular cheeses that are being made here where it's like one cheese, one name, one producer, that's it. No, no other version of that exists. And so you, you ask, like, I mean, I mentioned Pleasant Ridge Reserve. That is tr one of my top five favorite cheeses in the world. Um, and it's got a very, very unique story um, made 
in the Driftless region here in Wisconsin by Andy Hatch and um, prior to Andy by Mike Gingrich. And so it's kind of like both here. You, you, have, you have both these kind of one-off inventions and then these really rooted traditions of cheese making. And I think both are fascinating. And good cheese, you can have good cheese that's simple and you can have good cheese that's more complex, but it's, it's still good cheese. Um, and you can have bad cheese that's simple and bad cheese that's more fancy and complex. And, and so I just, you know, I, I gained a whole new appreciation for these cheeses that have been made here for, you know, 100 plus years. Well, I think the people who attend your sessions today are really lucky to have you and that perspective introducing them to the plethora of Wisconsin cheese, and I hope that you have a great time today. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here and thank, see you. Yeah, thank you so much for joining us in the HRN Podcast Lounge from the Art of Cheese, and um, I look forward to talking to you again sometime soon. We will talk soon. This episode is brought to you by Roberta's, home of Heritage Radio Network. Roberta's was founded in Bushwick in 2008 and has become one of the most iconic restaurants in the country. HRN made its home inside of Roberta's in 2009, and together they have become part of the DIY fabric of the neighborhood. Roberta's is open for lunch and dinner seven days a week and serves much more than just the famous wood-fired pizzas. Their team dreams of new salads, pastas, and sandwiches on the regular. Roberta's Tiki Bar is alive and well in the back garden serving up frozen drinks in the summer and hot toddies in the winter. Stop by the bakery and takeout spot next door for fresh breads, sticky buns, and pizzas to go. But Roberta's also extends beyond Bushwick, with multiple locations in New York City, Long Island, and Los Angeles. You can also find their frozen pies in grocery stores around the country. The spirit of Roberta's, like Heritage Radio Network, is everywhere. Here's to many more years of pizza-powered radio. Learn more about Roberta's at robertaspizza.com. All right, welcome to the HRN Podcast Lounge, live at the Art of Cheese Festival. I'm H. Conley. I'm here with Rachel Kerr. Uh, Rachel, could you introduce yourself? Hello, I'm Rachel, and uh, while my day job is uh, leading events and marketing for Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin, for this weekend, I am officially the festival director for the first ever Art of Cheese Festival. Wow. Okay. Well, I'm curious, how did you get involved with Wisconsin Cheese? So, like many folks from Wisconsin, including myself, there's a very strong connection to dairy in many of our backgrounds. My grandmother actually grew up on a dairy farm, and my uh, grandfather was um, uh, worked for a milk bottling company. So, you know, I think dairy just kind of runs deep, and my uh, career interests kind of brought me to Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin, where I could combine both my appreciation and passion for dairy with my marketing background. So here we are, and it's a real treat to be able to kind of serve the dairy farmers and do some really cool things to celebrate Wisconsin cheese. Yeah, and I mean, we've been talking as a as the whole HRN staff, just like shocked at how beautiful and like the the everything here has been is so. Um, perfectly done like all of the signage and the imagery is all so consistent and really striking it's gorgeous so marketing team here is star power well I have to give major props to the team who really 
spent the last several months, weeks, hours, minutes, and days really pulling everything together. And there was just such a lot of passion for this because we're all so proud of the dairy industry and we're proud of the cheesemakers and the dairy farmers, everyone who like, is the, are the ones that make this happen. And so we wanted to do, do right by do right by everyone and really make a big splash of this first year. Yeah. Well, I'm curious uh, if you can tell us a little bit about the like history of the uh, Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin organization. Yeah. So back in the uh, 1980s, uh, the Wisconsin Dairy Farmers kind of came together and realized, you know what, we're really good at producing really great milk let's get together and have someone else lead the marketing for us. Mm. And so that's when the official Wisconsin Milk Marketing Board was formed. We're currently now titled Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin. But our organization is here to really create a market for the milk that these Wisconsin dairy farmers are creating. And in Wisconsin, 90% of the milk that's produced by our lovely cows are, is made into cheese. And so that's our biggest export. And so most of what we do is try to find ways for people to appreciate, love, purchase, consume cheese from Wisconsin and therefore creating a lifeline to the farmers who work tirelessly every day to get up early, milk their cows, keep their animals um, happy and healthy and just, you know, a great appreciation for the people who really feed the world. Yeah, well, I'm I'm curious how the uh, Art of Cheese Festival came about. Like, yeah, the origin story of Art of Cheese. Well, there's many cheese festivals out there in the world, um, including many here in Wisconsin, but none of them really focused on celebrating kind of the artistry of cheesemaking. You know, here uh, is where you can become a master cheesemaker. In Wisconsin, it's the only place you can do that here in the country. Um, we have so much talent and passion, and we wanted to make sure that came through in a festival and kind of change what people might think of cheese in Wisconsin. You know, everyone thinks of cheese in Wisconsin synonymously, but are they really understanding um, that there are these incredible producers creating these small batch artisan products or these specialty cheeses where they're hand soaking them, hand rubbing them, or caring for them, and you know, hand flipping each wheel to make sure it ages to perfection. So we wanted to highlight all those elements of care and passion that goes into cheese making um, here in, in Wisconsin. So that's where we came up with the name Art of Cheese, because it really is an art. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and um, I mean, what what was the like? How what has the planning been like for the festival? How long have you been have you been at this, making this happen? Well, the original concept actually happened way back in 2020, and um, maybe people remember something monumental happening in 2020. We had just announced that we were going to put on this festival, and then very quickly determined this was probably not going to be the best time. But we've not had this year. You know, all these great ideas in our pocket for the last couple of years, and it just felt like the right time to really pull this off. So we kind of dusted off some old plans and uh, put our heads together to create this full weekend experience. I mean, um, I know you've kind of seen it throughout the weekend, but we put together all these excursions for people to have like a full immersive day where they got out on farms and visited creameries and met makers and really got to go behind the scenes and meet the people behind the cheese. You know, we really wanted to connect people as much as we could with the people mm -hmm. um, behind things. And then, of course, we had the epic Wisconsin cheese ball, which was incredible. It was an all-out, you know, social event of the season to celebrate Wisconsin cheese all day. We've had so many really cool classes led by cheese experts from around the country, um, not to mention the cheese fair off the square where we had just 
Oh, thousands of people really come through and taste and sample and purchase cheese from different makers and many other events too. So it's just been such a fun weekend. Yeah, I guess for our listeners who will not have been able to attend the ball, could you like describe what what the what the whole shindig was last night? Yeah, I mean it was truly an elegant affair, celebrating everything from Wisconsin. Uh, it was lit by the glow of the uh, an incredibly custom made uh, Wisconsin cheese disco ball, which was uh, incredible. Um, that really set the stage for the the festivities, and of course, like we had all the cheese from Wisconsin. I think we had over 50 different cheeses out for people to taste. Everything from brie to gouda to blues to everything in between from over 30 different makers across the state. We had a really special moment where we honored our cheesemaking royalty, of course. Every ball needs a royal court, so we made sure to honor the cheesemakers in the room. Uh, folks like Marika Penterman from Marika Gouda, Andy Hatch of Uplands Cheese, and some, some cheesemakers who are also newer on the stage, like Orphe from Af- uh, Alpenage Cheese. So it was really a magical evening, and it just, yeah. I think, brought together people in cheese and people who love cheese. Yeah, I'm curious if you've had a, like, highlight best cheese of the weekend that you've tried. Oh, my gosh. I don't even know. I can't even tell you because there's literally been so many. Yeah. Um, but I think that was that's kind of the purpose, right? Like, people got to try something that maybe they don't hadn't heard of, you know, because they might not have found it in their, you know, their local shop or they've been introduced to something new that maybe someone's just kind of putting out there into the world. So... Gosh, you can't you can't make me pick a, f- a favorite cheese. That's no. Yeah. Well, I will say somebody was recently. I have a friend from from Madison or who lives in Madison who was telling me a few weeks ago that I had to try cheese ice cream, and I had never heard of it. Was like, where will I ever get that? And of course, at the cheese ball. at the heart of cheese at the yeah. cheese ball, I was able to try multiple different flavors of cheese ice cream, and it was shocking how like yeah. perfect those uh, little bits of cheese in a um, I think it was like an apricot ice cream. It was yeah. There was a couple different. There's like then there was an old fashioned one. I think mm-hmm. that maybe had some cheddar in. I can't remember all the exact pairings, but we had she had a couple different, you know, ice cream and cheese concoctions that were really delicious. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm curious. I mean, you've probably been running around all weekend, but have you been able to participate in any of the? events going on besides the ball? I made sure to get around and pop by everything just to kind of see what, you know, kind of see how people were enjoying themselves. It was really fun to see um, Belinda and Laura kick off their um, really awesome wine and cheese pairing this morning. I did stop by our cooking with cheese class where our local chefs Patrick and Luke got together um, and created a really awesome menu featuring Hispanic style cheeses. So we had uh, Ricardo Gutierrez, a local Wisconsin cheesemaker who's originally from Mexico there to represent. Um, so I had a really, actually, it was a really delicious quesadilla with a blend of Wisconsin uh, mm. cheeses uh, and uh, some toasted crickets. So who would have thought? Oh, wow. But it was delicious. Um, and so just some really interesting and inventive things that have been happening throughout the weekend. We really wanted to kind of create an experience for everyone. Yeah, well, I think you, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, I think the one of the slogans that I've seen around a lot is cheese for all, right? Yes. Um, and that... Uh, I feel like has very much come across this weekend. Um, yeah, I'm curious what is what is coming up for Wisconsin cheese now that the ball now that the <laughs> festival is wrapping up. Well, we're winding down, and you know, so far the reception seems to have been really positive, um, which was our hope and our dream, of course. And so, you know, hopefully we can start thinking about putting uh, plans in place for 2025. We'd love to bring the Art of Cheese Festival back to Madison at that time. 
Um, so we'll be putting our heads together on what that might entail. Uh, but we'll certainly be up to some other um, fun stuff in between. And for anyone who's super passionate about cheese and just wants to be part of our cheese-loving community, they can always become a member of Cheeselandia. Mm-hmm. Uh, you just go to cheeselandia.com, apply to become a member. And it's just a really fun place for cheese lovers from literally across the country. We have Cheeselandians in every state to come together. We do virtual events and other sorts of meetups. And just it's a great place for community of cheese lovers to kind of connect and celebrate Wisconsin. That's lovely. Yeah, I'm, uh, we talked to um, Ashley earlier, um, who was a... Ashley the, Hamilton, yeah. yes. Um, yeah, um, so in putting on this festival, I'm curious, like, what have been the, the major challenges for, the, for you running this whole thing? Yeah, what, is, what has come up? I think my biggest anxiety point in all the planning was you know, will people come, you know, in the first event that you, you know, it's, it's challenging to put on an event for the first time where people don't, you know, know what to expect necessarily, but um, clearly that was not an issue in the end. We had people literally come from around the country to attend the festival this weekend, but um, I guess maybe the motto stays true from what's that, what's the movie? If, if you build it, they will come. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's just been really impressive to see the turnout this weekend. So that was certainly an element of anxiety. And, you know, we, you know, we, we dream big. We put on over 20 different events across the entire weekend. So just kind of coordinating, you know, no cheese left behind to make sure yeah. every cheese made it to every event where it yeah. needed to be. And I just have to say the team that um, pulled together to create this whole weekend is truly magical. They were amazing. Yeah, yeah. I'm, uh, I'm wondering, like, about the process. Like, did you approach cheese makers and say, like, Andy, we want to do an event on your farm? Like, what it... Because, I mean... The cheese and architecture pairing tour. It's like interesting as a concept to chair, to do a, a tour of Italian. Yeah, well, we kind of wanted cheese. to highlight some of the, the regions of mm-hmm. the state, and obviously they need to be in close proximity to Madison, where we're home based. So, for example, um, you know, Andy is great. The his his location is not open to the public, but it was really great for him to be willing to open it. Uh, for this special event and just having Taliesin down the road. It just was a natural kind of connection to put those two together and create that really special experience and tying kind of the place with the product and the people. Um, And same thing with the group that went down to um, Monroe, Wisconsin and Greene County, which is kind of the heart of cheesemaking in Wisconsin, a very concentrated place of cheesemakers. And so we just wanted to kind of help people understand kind of these places in Wisconsin that really are special and have a lot of history and heritage to them. So when we sat down, we kind of dreamed up, like, what would the ultimate experience be if you wanted to, yeah, have go on these different cheese adventures? And thankfully, we just have great partners, people like Andy Hatched Uplands, who are willing to open their farm and and bring people in and to other friends like Roth Cheese and Chalet, for example, that brought people into their creameries to give them those behind the scenes tours. Um, we're just really lucky. The industry in Wisconsin is like a family. Yeah. Um, and so we're so lucky that all these people came together to help make it really special. Yeah. Well, we've been talking about how one of the consistent themes or some of the consistent themes we've seen from talking to everyone this weekend has been like community and the strength of the cheese community in this area and innovation and how much is like up and coming and changing and developing. Um, Yeah, and I'm, so that makes a lot of sense with the like goals of the festival and how you guys have run it. Um, Yeah, I'm curious if you've had a highlight of the weekend, like what has been, what has been the, 
Yeah, what has been your highlight? Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, I had two dreams. One was the disco ball. I wanted to see that like shining, glowing light. And I think bringing everyone together at the cheese ball under kind of that whole feeling was just really special. Um, and also just seeing everyone come down for the cheese fair off the square today where thousands of people were literally lining up to try new cheeses. And we're just so excited to talk to the cheese makers. Those for sure for me were the two highlights. Just seeing everyone come together and kind of celebrating the same, celebrating the art of cheese. It really was magical. I don't know if I have any other word to describe it other than that. It was definitely a highlight. Okay. Well, lovely. I feel like that is the perfect spot to end. So thanks so much, Rachel. You bet. Thank you. Yeah. And thank you so much for all of the work put in to make this possible because it has been an incredible experience to get to come to. You bet. Well, again, wait till 2025. We'll be back. Yeah. (laughs) Next. uh, Yeah. Two years in Wisconsin. That's right. (laughs) All right. Thanks so much. You bet. Welcome to the Art of Cheese Festival HRN Podcast Lounge. This is Jessica, and I'm here with Shannon Berry, who is a Wisconsin cheese specialist and a recent ACS CCP. She is now a certified cheese professional. Congratulations. Yes, thank you. So happy to be here. So can you tell us a little bit about what it means to be a cheese specialist in Wisconsin and also um, what else you do that is about cheese? Yeah, absolutely. I think the main thing is that we live on the wedge, mostly, (laughs) I would say. Um, But I mean, Really, being a, being a Wisconsin cheese specialist here is absolutely incredible. Um, the focus on, like, family and cheese and just, like, the community, the cheese community in Wisconsin is incredible. So the, it's such a blessing to be able to get to know the community and then get to know the cheeses, obviously, and then be able to tell the world what amazing cheeses we have here. So do you get to go out and visit with the dairy farmers and the cheesemakers, and then are you relaying those stories? Yeah, sometimes, yeah, absolutely. And then I do some, like, uh, the Center for Dairy Research at the university does a lot of work as well with cheesemakers here, so I've been able to go there and get into some cheese science, um, do a little bit of sensory work, like pairings, things of that nature. I have a long uh, culinary history, so lends itself nicely, and it's just really fun. So what inspired you to get your your certified cheese professional certification? That's a great question. Um, I think think just for a personal challenge, ultimately, uh, I think because you have yours, which is really awesome. And so it's it's almost like this step you take, um, because you have to have two years, at least two years in the industry. Um, And so then to go for that feels good and it feels good to pass it's a little bit of it's a little bit validating I think like okay I know my stuff because the cheese world is small in a sense but it's also big I mean there's thousands of cheeses out there um I mean 600 alone here in the state of Wisconsin wow so that's the first time today that we heard that statistic oh really yeah yeah that's crazy which actually is more than 600 it's like little I I couldn't tell you exactly but 600 plus amazing (laughs) Well, that makes sense because also is the statistic 90% of the milk produced in yes. Wisconsin goes to cheese making. Exactly. And then 90% of that cheese is sold outside of the state, actually. So we got a lot, of, a lot of Wisconsin cheese lovers out there. Wow. So how did you even get started in working in cheese? I kind of like tripped and fell into it out <laughs> of the culinary world. Um, thank goodness, because I, I had uh, worked as a chef for a while and I got a job at a little independent cheese shop 
here in Madison, um, called Fromage Nation, and I worked there for four years, and I, I, that shop itself is also very Wisconsin-focused as far as cheese is concerned. The cheese makers would come and drop off the wheels of cheese. They would try to give us, like, the best wheels of cheese, which was really fun. Um, and then we did a lot of hands-on selling and tasting and talking. And so I told Wisconsin cheesemakers stories for four years. Um, and then I was able to do um, a really big event with the Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin, just basically cutting cheese, <laughs> which I do a lot of, right. um, and kind of had that connection, and then it just worked out, and here I am. So where do you go from here? I think that, I think uh, my title being Wisconsin Cheese Specialist, I think I have some work to do to really fill those shoes. Those are big shoes to fill. So I'm looking forward to, you know, I have my CCP, which is, which I think is a step, um, and then I still, there's more makers to meet, more cheese to try, and also get to know them. I mean, you can't try one cheese once, as you know. For example, like Pleasant Ridge Reserve, I mean, each wheel is different, and so you get to know the nuances of these cheeses as well. Well, as a sort of ambassador of Wisconsin cheese, what are three things you would want the rest of the country and cheese lovers around the world to know about Wisconsin cheese? Um, the first thing is that we have really good artisan like cheesemakers here. I think we can, can have a reputation that that's not the case, but it absolutely is true. Um, we win more awards every year than any other country or state, um, which, is, which is really incredible. And that when you're buying Wisconsin cheese, you're supporting families. You're supporting my neighbors, my coworkers. There's dairy farmers that are my coworkers, you know, so that feels really good. We're you're, we're very connected here as a community, and so then anyone who's buying Wisconsin cheese is supporting the, the community here. Are there particular cheeses that, well, let me rephrase that because I don't want you to play favorites, <laughs> <laughs> but if I were to go into your refrigerator right now, would I find cheese from Wisconsin and which ones? Right now? Um, it's a lot, actually. <laughs> um, so I would have the Triple Cream Brie from Schrader Kost. I have Rattlesnake from Deer Creek. I have House Select Cheddar from Chris Raleigh. I have Pleasant Ridge Reserve. Um, I have that, there's a Hatch Pepper Gouda from Arica that is really delicious. Um, yeah, there's more, but I can't think of them right now. But there's, there's so many. And it, I, I'm never tired of it, ever. Learning there, new cheeses, trying new ones. Is there a distinctively Wisconsin pairing that you would recommend? Yeah, actually, I think like a really nice uh, aged cheddar with, we have Montmorency cherries up in Door County, and we get these really awesome sweet and dried cherries from up there. And then that with like, I mean, it works with cheddar, it works with Gruyere, but I think that's lovely. I mean, also maple syrup is a good one. We have a lot of really good chocolate producers too, and I, I love chocolate and cheese. Me too. It's like one of my favorite pairings, I don't, and it, it's underutilized. Also coffee. Yes. Coffee is another one that's like a good Parmesan and coffee in the morning is fabulous. There's that's some good roasters too. here too. Can't really go wrong with anything I in know. Wisconsin. I know. <laughs> You've got your chocolate, your cheese, your coffee. Yeah. Your cherries. Yeah, absolutely. I see a theme here. Um, and lastly, given that this was the first, um, the first Art of Cheese Festival, hopefully of many to come, what were you most excited, looking forward to, and what now that this day is coming to a close, what were you like? What are you most happy about? 
I think because it's the first one, you have these plans, right? And you hope everything goes to plan and that everything is beautiful like you expected. And I think last night was the cheese ball. And a lot of my efforts went towards cutting the cheese and getting that ready. And I was really happy about how that turned out. Really proud of that. And then seeing the design of it and everything come together was, it felt great. It was pretty spectacular. Yeah, it was. Well, Shannon, thank you for taking some time to yeah. help us close out the day here at the Art of Cheese Podcast Lounge. Yeah. with HRN, and I look forward to crossing paths with you again. Same. Thank you. It's always a pleasure to meet another cheese fanatic. Thanks for joining us at the Art of Cheese Festival, brought to you by Wisconsin Cheese and Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin. This show is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. Keep in touch at heritageradionetwork.org slash subscribe.